sitting there, you know, I was, I tried to look at my phone and still didn't have service. You know, sometimes I'll have service. Oh. Hey, you're just going there, bro. You're just yeah. going. Tell your story. No. Well, I was just talking about how my phone was about to hit me in the face whenever I went to, uh, went to bed on Friday night. You know, when yeah. you get you, that ever happened to you guys? Uh, all the time. Like all every time. night. Every that's how night. I know when it's time to go to sleep. How do you know when it's time to go to sleep? When your that's phone right. hits you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. You are live with uh, the Overland Podcast here on uh, Taco Tuesday. Uh, we got with us Tony from Bats Off Road, the co-host. Thank you for Hello. being here. Howdy, and Michael Pruitt with Pruitt and Isabella. Thank you for being with us, Michael. Oh, hey. thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. We got lots of planned, lots to talk about, and lots to cram into an hour. So here we go. Thank you for watching or listening to the Overland Podcast. We're excited to be here. We're coming to you live as we do each week, bringing you the latest in all things outdoors and overlanding. The live show contains listeners so join us with your comments and questions here we go no pros just bros on this show here we go no pros just bros That's um right. man uh <laughs> i tell you what somebody who's praying about the weather has got it backwards because we're having beautiful days during the week and the weekends are sucking and so whoever's doing that needs to stop um every time i look at the weather about this upcoming weekend it gets worse so i'm not looking at it anymore uh it went from 30 percent on saturday to 60 percent on saturday to 70 percent on saturday now it's 70 percent and that's 90 percent with thunderstorms oh man yeah and uh i swear it's just one thing after another richard's on here galen's Richard. on here hey guys galen, thank hey, you buddy. for joining us appreciate you being here uh we have uh, with us Michael Pruitt from Pruitt Knives of Valor. And uh, if you don't know, there's a lot of dumb people out there that listen. So Knives starts with a K. That's why it's PKV, not PNV, because Knives starts with a K, not an N. Um, so uh, that's what that means. Um, now, now, Michael, um, you and I met personally, and I don't know if that was the first time you met Tony, Rendezvous 2023. Mm -hmm. That's the first time we met in person. Yep. And um, you had a booth set up really close to us. So it was like us and Go Explore and Badak, and you were right there by Badak. So it was cool having yep. all, all all the buds right there um, in, a, in a row. So that was that was all that was pretty cool. Now, you and I had talked, communicated several times on social media, but that's the first time we'd ever met in person. And mm -hmm. uh, you had. um you had a really cool setup there and you were actually doing some live stuff. So you had a booth set up. Uh, you had some of your knives display, really cool s display. Uh, love that. Um, how you had that set up with the wood and all that. Very, very, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what would you call your setup? You would call it. Uh, That's a good question. Fancy. Oh no, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it. Fancy, I would call it rustic. That's what yeah, I would call it. There you go. That's good. All right. Because that that really fit what you had going on there. And uh, I really liked the way you had it set up. I walked over there. Your display was immaculate. It was it was really nice. And you also 
we're going to do some live this uh some demonstrations and stuff with uh with how you actually make your stuff so that was really cool to actually get to we came over and interviewed you and got to talk to you kind of hit it off and since then we've camped a couple times so um i'm going to say that we have graduated in the last few months to actually uh liking each other so that is that's pretty cool uh that's pretty cool where we're actually you know buds and not just somebody that converses on yeah, we're the socials, as oh, you yeah. might call it. Yeah. Um, now, for those who do not know you um, and maybe follow you on social media and all they see is knives and knife making and stuff like that, tell us a little bit about yourself personally, where you live, your family, and stuff like that, so we can get to know you a little bit. Okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background, a little bit more background. I grew up in, grew up in Orlando, Florida. Uh, moved to Central Arkansas to go to go to Harding uh, for school. Were you born on? Were you born at Disney World? Pretty much. Sweet. Real close. That's, cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, moved to moved to Arkansas to go to Harding University, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, met my wife here. She's a Cersei girl, so uh, Cersei's Cersei, Arkansas is home now. And um, so I did. I went to uh, went to school. Did athletic training, did more school, became a physical therapist. So I do that. Uh, currently, I do that two days a week in a clinic, and then uh, the other th- other three days a week, I'm I'm knife making. That's so. awesome. And um, your shop where you actually make your knives, you've got this you've got this gigantic warehouse, right? Where you where you go and you make your knives. It's like. <laughs> gold floor you know cedar walls things like that it's a sweet place that would be sweet that would be sweet sweet. it's that's (laughs) actually not it y'all that's not it the shop is just my garage i i take up about half my garage uh with uh all my shop work and other half of my garage is a home gym or refrigerator uh home gym or refrigerator yeah, I got. Well, I've yeah, I've seen you working. I saw you working uh, last week with the door open and the snow outside. I'm oh, guessing yeah. it gets pretty warm in there. Oh, for sure, for sure. And you know, I run a propane Ford, so I always like to make sure I got some air circulation going on. And yeah, don't um, want to burn the house down. Absolutely not. Yeah, that sucker puts off some heat, so it it. Uh, I was not upset about about firing up the Fords that day. Yeah, um, that thing, uh, I was, I, 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 I heard it the first time before I saw it. So I heard it, and then I was like, what is that? And then I walked over there, and I saw what all the noise was going on. That thing, it's it's like a fire-breathing dragon. It puts off some heat. Oh, yeah. It kind of sounds like a, like a jet engine almost. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, what was the inspiration behind Pruitt Knives of Valor? How did that all begin? Um. I, I kind of, I, I missed working with my hands as far as like creating something. And I grew up, I grew up uh, in construction. My dad's an electrician. Um, and then I'd just been working in a clinic five days a week for the last several years. And I missed, I just missed a good hobby that I could do with my hands. Well, then it turned into, um, well, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to even make, maybe even start a business that one just, you know, I'm working for myself. Hey, Melanie. And, uh, but also a business I could start. And if my kids wanted to join into it, they wouldn't have to go to eight years of school to be able to do it. 
Mm. Um, they could do it when they're 10 and 12 years old now. Um, and so uh, the knife making kind of came to my attention. I thought that'd be really cool to make knives and kind of figured out how I could get started and um, started repurposing steel. And um, a buddy of mine works for the railroad. He brought me a piece of railroad track for an anvil and um, just like finding lots of stuff that, that could get me started without costing me a lot of money. And then, um, I figured out the leaf springs kind of started cause I just didn't want to pay a lot for, for some, uh, for steel that I, especially early on when I really didn't know what I was doing, just trying to figure it out and, uh, found out the leaf springs, the, the steel they make is typically 5160 and it makes a, it makes a good knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of, that kind of where it started. And then of course I, I drank the Kool-Aid, a bl- uh, bladesmithing and haven't looked back since. the more i I did it the more i wanted to do it that's funny well um i've i've come up with some things that i've um i don't know a whole lot about knife making actually i know zero um (laughs) and so uh it's it's one of those things where i i'm i want to i want to know more um and i want you to fill us in And, and when when you and i talked it at um at rendezvous you kind of blew me away with your knowledge and i'm like wow this this guy really knows what he's doing it's, he's just not out there pounding pounding steel um he actually knows uh, steel and and the way that you forge things and things like that so um i actually looked on um on the internet when i was kind of preparing for this you know you can believe anything you see on the internet so mm-hmm. um i actually got on the internet and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna check out some things about knife making and uh and i got on there's a magazine called blade magazine you heard of it uh yes okay there's a there's a and it's questions that they had a new knife maker can ask a veteran somebody who knows what they're talking about so if i wanted to get into it this is what i would ask somebody who knows what they're doing these questions are kind of used to set apart somebody who knows what they're doing, somebody um, who doesn't, somebody who maybe cuts corners, um, mm-hmm. who maybe speeds the process up a little long, maybe to put out more quantity than quality. And so they had, uh, let's see, four questions. Um, and what I wanted to do, I wanted to ask you about that so you could describe yourself okay. about with these questions. And cool. so the first one that they said, and the most important one is about authorship. It is, do you make the knife from start to finish? You know, I know there's, there's, if you go out there and look, there's some blanks you can buy and you can just put a handle on it. You know, some of them already in Damascus steel. They're real pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, some start with raw metal, which describes you. So um, what was the first one? authorship do you make the knife from start to finish yeah so completely start to finish everything done to the knife including the sheath is done by me i start with a flat piece of steel usually a big old fat leaf spring um and uh go from there i forge the point i hammer it out um and i do i do as much as i can with the hammer um without i try to grind as little as possible i try to forge as close to finish as i possibly can because to me that's Mm -hmm. that's my favorite part of the whole knife making process and that's what i've really done a lot of learning on that 
you know, how to, how the, how the steel moves under the hammer and stuff to, to get it to the shape that you want it. Okay. So I got, I got this straight from your Facebook page. This mm -hmm. is where you start, correct? Yeah. So that's a width wise. That's a half, that's half the width of the leaf spring. And then that's about, that's probably about an eight to 10 inch cutoff piece of a leaf spring off of a Dodge 2,500. Okay. So what made you go with um, leaf springs? You, you mentioned some number a while ago, the 5160, I believe may, may have been what you said. Yeah. What, does, tell us what that means and, and why you start off with that. Um, so 5160 is usually just known as spring steel. It's, it's one of many different high carbon steels. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, they are. We, we tore up some cookies last weekend. Yes, we? we did. <laughs> Those were so good. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, uh, the numbers usually have, have more to do with the, the alloy of the steel. So carbon is a big one for hardenability. If it has, um, low carbon content up to a high carbon content. So a low carbon content is not going to harden very well. Mm -hmm. Um, your higher carbon contents, when you heat treat it, will harden really well, which means it'll hold a really good edge. Um, so I learned that leaf springs not only are a good high carbon steel, um, but they all 5160 is well is well known to be very tough. And mm -hmm. I grew I was always the kid that broke everything. If you told me something was indestructible, I would prove you wrong. And yeah. so I went with 50, I, I stuck with 5160 because I thought, well, I want to, I want to make knives that are going to be tough enough to withstand me. And if they'll withstand me, they'll withstand most people. Like ninjas uh, or things like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, ninjas. exactly. Ninjas. Yeah. Have you ever made a throwing star? I have not made a throwing star. Hmm. I have made, made a throwing knife. I experimented a little with that. So the kids, the kids every once in a while come into the shop and like, can I get the throwing knife? And they'll go out in the backyard, oh. throw it at the trees and, Man, my dad, if I asked my dad for a throwing knife when I was about 10 years old, he was like, no, <laughs> no, your aim, Not um, I would nope. go be going to the hospital with a knife stuck in my ear or something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that was that was an interesting question to me, um, you know, right off the bat, because, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. Um, if somebody prices one of your knives, they're more expensive than Walmart, anything like that. For but sure. the amount of hours that you put in there, okay, from start to finish for a knife averages around what? Uh, average is usually around 15 hours. Um, 15 hours. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody can do the math on that, you know, minimum wage is $15 an hour. So mm -hmm. you're looking at, I can't do math, so I don't know what that is, but I know it's a lot. And you, you can't you can't just um, you can't just go out there and say, oh, man, your, your knives are expensive. Well, yeah, because you put start to finish in there. You're not producing 100 knives a day. Mm -hmm. You're out there putting heart and soul into every single knife and putting, you know, PKV on it and behind it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Melanie said I was the only kid out of eight that was trusted with a throwing knife. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, uh, Kyle Kai says, Hey guys, overlanding ninja stars is what I'm looking for. Okay. Well, that's right. All right. Well, that's there right. you go. Get with Michael and he will see what he can hook you up with. So, uh, because I'm sure, 
I'm sure you have a lot of leftover square pieces of metal that you can't do anything with. And you yeah. can probably, you know. That's not, a, that's not a bad idea. I may play around with that. <laughs> <laughs> Overlanding ninja stars. That's That'd what we need. Fun. Okay. The second question that they had on here to ask somebody is guarantee. How do you guarantee your work? Um, if so, what is it? Um, the author states that a guarantee is, is some sort. Uh, it's not an outlandish thing to ask as long as you use the knife for its designed purpose. If you use it for a pry bar or a screwdriver or something like that, you should never expect any kind of guarantee. So what do you offer with your knives as far as any kind of guarantee? If so, if if you do offer one, if not, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I would say that's, that states my guarantee pretty well. If you're using it for its design purpose. And usually for me, I'm, I make a lot of camp knives and type stuff. So I expect mm -hmm. people to be able to make kindling with them and I would mm -hmm. expect them to baton them, but you don't ever want to hit hardened steel with another piece of steel. You're, you're right. likely to crack it or break it. And so right. if you're batoning a knife with wood, uh, which is typically what you want to do anyway, mm -hmm. You know, I would expect it to hold up if for some reason it cracked or broke or some, you know, major malfunction happened, I would replace the blade. Hmm. Excellent. That's that's exactly what I expect right you to say. Um, the third question was, what is your genre? Some knife makers specialize in historical pieces. Some do kitchen pieces. Some do hunting knives. You need to know this. So when you contact a professional knife maker with something like what you would like to have know if it's in their wheelhouse or something that they can do because um they have a specialty of what they do what mm -hmm. would you say that your genre is if you were to describe that um i would say most of what i do is like small everyday carry um kind of used for a little bit of everything um camp knives and kitchen knives <laughs> I've used a butter knife as a screwdriver because that was the only thing around. Yeah, Lisa, I uh, get you. Yeah, I'll use a cheap yeah. knife as a pry bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Amy. Yeah, that's most of most of what I do is everyday carry, hunting and skinning knives. Um, I, I forgot to mention that hunting, skinning knives, uh, camp knives, and uh, kitchen knives. The ones you posted today. I lusted over yesterday or today. All right, here I'm gonna pull them up on the screen because I got right here. Oh, he's yeah. got it right there. Oh my gosh, that right there! Come on, man, you're killing me. That one, that one with the giant lever, combined with the mini, so you got your nice matching set there. Oh my goodness, these are available. Oh yeah, um, posted on the website, on the Facebook and Instagram today. They're available. If you have a hankering for these now, um, I have in my possession, my kitchen knife that oh, yeah. my wife snuck in on me and got from you. <laughs> and, um, let me tell you, uh, and I don't know if my wife's still listening on here, but if she is, she can comment, but the service you provided and getting this to my wife without me knowing about it for Christmas, you came to my house and I didn't <laughs> even know it. And left this for her. I don't know where you left it, but when we were at Rendezvous and I went over there and I looked and looked and looked, you had this one and you had 
I think uh, the toothpick. I think it was the the butter knife. Yeah, yeah the, the Arkansas giant, butter knife. The Arkansas, the Arkansas butter knife. Butter that knife. one right there. Uh, that one right there. You still have that? Oh my gosh! Uh, I was going to put a picture of it up there, and also this one right here. Uh, yes. I love that. Okay. And I, I, I fiddle farted around and played that's with them and messed with them. And, and, and I swear, you know, and she, and I, this was the first thing I, oh my gosh, you still got that one too. I'm gonna have yeah, to get he, he brought them all this weekend. We got to play with these knives. I mean, it was a great time. This, yeah, this right here is in the hands of a sculptor. This is, this is something. This is something right here because all I've had up to this point has been, mm, you know, yeah, here's, here's my wife right here. He put it in the mailbox while we were inside eating supper. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs> see, and not see, right. You when think I, I was joking, like, like a ninja. Like yeah. a ninja. Well, when, I drove, when I drove up to the house, too, I knew you were home because <laughs> both your vehicles were home and the garage door was open. So I did one pass to make sure you weren't in the garage yeah. and then I came back by the other way. So I didn't even have to get out of the car and I just boom and then took off. <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife's telling me to simmer down because you still have those other two knives that I, that I've slobbered <laughs> all over. And she knows that Valentine's day is coming up, babe. I'm telling you right now, that would be perfect. Um, but anyway, that, that has been life changing to me and really, no lie, because we have been snowed in for I don't know how long, and all I've done since we've been snowed in is cook. And I can't tell you how many thousands of things I've cut with this knife already. And fortunately, not one of them has been me. Uh, and I, normally I do that. <laughs> normally That's I take really off the end of my finger or something like that. Um, and we'll get, we're going to get into the knives that you make and the sharpening and all that here in just a minute, but I wanted to cover these questions. So anyway, um, and the last one was the last question that they wanted, said you should ask somebody is, is there someone who has inspired you? Um, someone that you've watched videos of someone you trained with someone that you have worked with to perfect your art. And who would that be? Like Bruce Lee. Do what? Bruce like Lee. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee make no. knives? No, never mind. Oh my gosh. He's like <laughs> Oh yeah. See this. Oh uh, yes. Okay. All right. We're gonna take a sidebar here. Lisa's talking about hey, y'all come to the Jeep Jam. You might win one of his knives because he has donated one for the raffle. So mm -hmm. if you don't know what she's talking about, if you don't know what Lisa's talking about, put this on your calendar March 14th through the 16th, Newton County Fairgrounds, Jasper, Arkansas. Michael will be there, and he has donated one of his knives for the raffle. So that's cool. So if you want to win one, you can come and get one from the raffle. So I want to throw that out there. Make sure you mark your calendars now, March 14th through the 16th. Newton County, the most beautiful county in Arkansas. Plan to go. Cool. Yes. So is there someone that has inspired you? Um, so starting out, it was uh... – just simply watching forged and fire was really fun and kind of just inspiring to get in there and just basically just get in the garage and do it and do it. Doesn't matter how good or bad it turns out just to do it. Um, but there's a couple of big, well, I feel like well-known knife makers. One of them is uh, Jason Knight. Um, he was a, he was one of the judges on forged and fire for one season. Mm -hmm. I think he was just filling in. Um, 
and that's where I first heard of him, but I started following him and uh, he puts out a lot of really good educational content. So I learned a lot from his uh, free content he posts on YouTube. I purchased one of his courses so I could learn even more. Um, and so he, he was a, he's been a big one. Um, and then, uh, another one, his name is Neil Kamimura. Uh, he's a knife maker in Hawaii. Um, and he makes just some really cool stuff. And I, I mostly like their stuff cause, um, especially Neil Kamimura, he does pretty much all his knives forged to finish or a lot of his knives forged to finish. And so that's what I, you know, that's what I try to do is get it finished as close as possible so that when I finish forging it and then I do a little grinding on it, it still looks the same. Hmm. That's so. one thing I love about this knife and all the ones that you make, um, because <laughs> it's not, it's, all you know, if ones. you buy, if you buy a giant, say buck knife, buck knives have been around for 50, 60 years, been around a long time. If you buy one of them, it looks like a piece of shined aluminum. I mean, it is shiny, polished, all that. This is, this knife here is rugged. It looks like it's going to last a million years. Um, because the only thing that's shiny on this is where you sharpened it. You know, where you where you put it through the sharpener. And I ain't going to touch the blade because it'll, I'll cut myself right here on live national tv and, bleed and, I'll, and i'll bleed and i'll have to get off here uh but it's it's really cool the the finish that you put on your knives and i love it i absolutely love it it actually goes along with my personality rugged yet beautiful so there you go anyway <laughs> um now i want to get to talking about several of the different knives that you've made and discuss what all went into those but the 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 next thing i want to ask you is you've really delved off into this world of overlanding and mm -hmm. you know you've gotten really heavily involved you're going to different events and you've you know you've gotten involved where you went camping uh y'all went camping this past weekend do you consider yourself an overlander ah uh, i don't know that's a good question tony uh, tony you have some input on that well, sure, sure. I mean, uh, what as far as do I think I am, or do I think? No. Do you, what What do you think about Michael being in the overlanding world? I mean, y'all y'all slept beside each other last weekend. Hey, we overlanded all weekend. All that's weekend. true. I guess in, that's in true. Same, in the Water crossings and everything. Same, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, was, right here. See, there's proof right there. It happened. There we go. Michael's right tent is the see? gazelle tent, the orange yeah. tent. It's really hard to miss. It doesn't yeah. look like Benji's homeless camp. You know, it's really <laughs> nice and put together. It's uh, it's actually um, uh, you know, pretty cool. So, oh, oh, we have a we have a buyer uh -oh. right here, right over the bat. Telling you, Richard's going to come see you. Um, yeah. he, he needs one. Richard, 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 have him show you one with the patina finish on it. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's what these. So that's what these are right here. So I do. I'll throw this out there. So this knife, let me find one to compare it to. I love the patina finish so with the snazberry handle. So this one has, you know, it's got that shine on the, just yeah. on the belt part. Yeah. Uh, and so what I like to do is, is especially any kitchen knife I do. I like, I've been, I've been consistently putting patinas on them, but I didn't at first. 
um, part of that is you your blade will develop a patina. It might get some blue or some yellow mm -hmm. coloring to the edge of the blade if you're, especially if you're chopping up real acidic foods like onions. Um, mm -hmm. So what I do with my kitchen knives is I, I give them a soak in vinegar and force mm -hmm. a patina on the blade. So what it does mm -hmm. is it gives it this nice black sleep mm -hmm. so you can see the bevel is it's smoothed out there mm -hmm. but it's uh it's all it's just nice and dark so it, the color won't change much so that patina may wear off going in and out of a kydex sheath or something uh, but the patina is a good thing so all yeah. these nice high carbon steel knives they they can rust over time so you just got to take care of them keep them oiled up like you would a cast iron skillet or something yeah uh, and so what I did with these is this just helps to gives it an extra layer of protection against any rust having that patina on there. So I love it. Um, Arla came in here and he, she's she's really uh, she's really getting one in your face right yeah. here, right off the bat. So <laughs> I want to know the story. You know, while what? we're talking about you being an Overlander, everybody knows that an Overlander has to have a diesel heater. You got one. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend, how did it work out? Well, I'm, I've returned it already. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I heard it had to have surgery. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's actually sitting right here. Let me see if I can get it here. Bring the cord up. So um, the way my battery set up that I'm going to have. Hey, don't, don't, show them, don't show everybody my patch job. No. <laughs> So it comes with, you know, it came with just the two wires. So just the red and black wire, just two yeah. leads sticking out. Well, right. my my battery setup I'm working on, I just didn't have it finished as a battery box and probably get like a deep cell battery, a marine battery or something to put in that. Well, those two leads, you just, you know, screw them on there mm -hmm. um, and uh, connect it up. No problem. And I thought about asking about it because I asked Tony and Benji if one of them had an extra battery I could borrow. And they both were like, yeah, I got one, no problem. So I didn't worry about it. Um, and so we get to camp and I was like, pull it out. And they, were, and they go, oh, there's no plug on the end of that? I was like, yeah, I should have asked. I wasn't really sure. And both of them were like, yeah, all I have is this power bank where you have to plug it in. And so... Uh -huh. I thought, well, you know, did, I can't. Did you try to put the two bare wires in there to see if it would work? <laughs> it might have, it might have worked. You never know. I didn't think of yeah. that. But we we messed around with different ideas of how we could fix it. I told him, I said, you know, because I hadn't run it at home, I came prepared to camp in the cold. I brought my layers and my extra sleeping bag, and so I wasn't yeah. too worried about it. He, he had his Dan Marino wool and yeah, Dan yeah. Marino wool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up a Miami Dolphins fan, so. Um, Jarrett Hudson. Oh, uh, yeah, Jarrett, send that to me. Thanks, man. He's got a cool uh, setup, that's for sure. So anyway, Tony sacrificed his, uh, his <laughs> mattress pump to see if we could wire up yeah. a uh, cigarette lighter plug. Yeah, you, you can show it. It's okay. So, it's, oh, uh, I'll get up here. Here we go. So we got this uh, here. That's, so that's definitely awesome. work in the field. That's work in the field. That's not in Tony's shop. It was in yeah. a non-controlled environment. I'll say when, the was wind a... was blowing, the rain was coming down, so yeah. it's all forgivable, Tony. Well, I was just impressed with how prepared Tony was to have wire strippers and connectors and all that stuff, and I thought, yeah, he's got it. This is it. He's got yeah. it. 
son of an electrician right there. That's why you and travel had, with people who, who drive Jeeps. They always got tools. Always. I'm, I actually managed to have, hey, hey, I actually managed to have three sets of those connectors. Well, because because we did it three times. Well, and and, you know, for whatever reason, it just wouldn't uh, uh, provide enough power. You know, yeah, but well, that's all. all right. You know, Tony, Tony has sacrificed uh, some of his stuff on the altar of friendship for me as well. So well, I'll tell uh, you that, what, that's what that's else cool. Tony hooked me up with. He had a spare hose for to get a better duct work into my tent. So he let yeah. me have that and he hooked me up with a leak proof cap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the mod that they do on the cap uh -huh. that's yeah. with the tire valve on them. Yeah. That's cool. Very appreciative yeah. of that. Well, I'm, I'm excited that you uh, are getting into this overlanding, um, you know, world and, you know, getting out there and into the expos and the rendezvous and stuff like that. Because I think that um, knives and overlanding really go together because I don't think there's ever been a time when I've been out camping. I haven't used one. So it's. Yeah. Um, so now that you, now that you are an official overlander, um, Benji's on here. He wants to know what your favorite camp meal would be. My favorite camp meal. I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. I think we, I yeah. Get. I think we can guess. It was a, a giant sandwich. <laughs> I think it'd be a giant sub sandwich is, uh, what that would be. Yeah. That's uh, right there. Yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So one of the best best things I ate all weekend, Benji fixed for me. Oh, yeah? He was a regular gourmet chef this weekend. He did fix us a lot of good food this weekend. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Uh, Kai says, the back of my Jeep starting to look like Sanford and Son with all the spare parts and pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Benji got a kick out. Kai, don't, don't, feed, don't fan the fire with... <laughs> It yeah, don't. we don't we don't need any more. It looked like Benji's vehicle just vomited out <laughs> everywhere on the side of the the water right there. It was it's crazy. Oh man! What and, would be you your know, uh, Arla wants to know what your dream overland destination would there be? You go. We all have. That's one. a great question. Yep. That's a tough one because I really you know I haven't I haven't explored what's all out there, mm -hmm. um, but uh, man, I really don't know. Okay. That's well, hard to say. I'll, I would love, I'm looking forward to a sweet bluff lookout in the Ozarks. Like that's kind of like what I'm imagining. I've seen some really cool pictures of folks camping on bluffs right now. I would say those would be my dream locations. Well, you were about 30 yards from one on Saturday on Friday morning. Yeah, you sure were, but I mean, we wouldn't have been able to see anything. Foot of visibility, but was we so were there. Sick. That was, that's what I talked to Tony about. Okay. So we plan this great, great campsite where people can go up there and have this beautiful view. And then the, like the visibility was like 10 feet. Oh, man. Because <laughs> the fog was so bad. So oh, um, it, it was awful. Uh, oh, here's my wife has a question. Does your wife like camping? Uh, if I have the right amenities, yes. Uh, to keep her comfortable. Okay. Uh -huh. yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's, cool. So that's, that's pretty common. Working. That's not in, yeah. That's not uncommon. Not yeah. uncommon. Tony works hard to keep his wife comfortable too. Yeah, I try. I fall short of the air conditioner every year, and I get told <laughs> about it. Hey, I have one. If you need to borrow it, Tony. yeah, I know you've had one. Chris and Amy's had one. Everybody's got one that we can borrow. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh Thank my you. goodness, that's so funny. Um, so how do you feel that the overlanding, being in the overlanding world has helped you with your craft? Um, do you feel if do you feel as though you've been accepted into the overlanding family? I think so. Um I saw that. So my first ex, my first show I did la was last, um, was at, was more expo last year. And, uh, Oh, Arla's got some good references for you, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how she, uh, she always talks about that. Almost that time. <laughs> Almost that time. Right. Oh, it's getting I'm warm. Not, I'm not sure warm. I'm going to be able to pull off another summer with that one. So. I mean, you would have yeah. needed the AC today. It was 70 degrees outside. Down Let here. me tell you what the perfect Valentine's gift for your wife would be, Tony. I'm just, I don't know if you could ever guess it. It might be a air conditioner. A zero breeze. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the question. <laughs> back to the question. Um, yeah. So more expo was the first show I did, uh, 2023. So not even, not quite a year ago. Um, and so got up there and I had, I had gotten to go on a trip where I met Benji and I met Tony last February. Um, and, uh, kind of knew a few people. I felt like I didn't really know anybody super well. Um, but, uh, when I got there to more expo had that first day, everybody kind of showed up. Um, I went to go hang out with, uh, Caleb Baker. Caleb, you're mm -hmm. killing me. And everybody kind of showed up. <laughs> everybody Damn. showed up. I got a ton of people, and it was just yeah. I, mean, I I met a lot of met a lot of what I could, would consider friends now. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody's just you know, hey, what do you need? Can I help you with anything? And yeah. so, um, and then coming to Rendezvous and meeting back up with the people I I met at more or hadn't seen since more, and everybody's just so excited to see everybody. And so it's mm. just kind of after Rendezvous, it just kind of felt like almost like family. Yeah, um, I mean, yes. Getting to, getting to catch back up with vendors that I've met. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so then since rendezvous, I, you know, went on this, this weekend trip last weekend to, to test out the, the, uh, the gazelle. Mm -hmm. And the diesel heater and the diesel heater. And the diesel heater. Hopefully it'll, yeah. hopefully I'll, I'll have some time to test <laughs> the next trip. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then I got a five day trip planned for the end of February. I'm going to just hop in and ride along, but I'll take my, I'll take my gazelle with me. Sweet. Sweet. Um, I'll share a diesel heater, um, split one with somebody. And, and uh, so I'm, right I'm, pumped. I'm pumped. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm excited yeah. for you. I'm excited for you. You provide something to the overlanding community and uh and it's a it's a great service that you do uh, you do it with love you do it with heart and i love it and since we're talking about that i want to talk about some of the knives that you have made and some of the ones that you have available because everybody that's on here listening and everybody that will listen on the podcast which there's thousands um of people that will listen um michael pruitt at my at pruitt knives of valor is on um instagram and then Pruitt Knives of Valor on Facebook. And I'm fixing to show you what his site looks like and some of the knives that he has done from start to finish. Like we like we talked about earlier, these are the ones he has uh, right now. Um, so describe, tell me what these knives are and what they're for. Um, so these are my two, this is my cleaver set. I've done one other cleaver set before. This is the second one I've done. Uh, this one's a little heftier wider um 
but I designed them to be able to just be a good, um, to be a good addition to any like a camp camp kitchen setup or, in, or mm. even a home kitchen setup. You just you just spoke my love language. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just got I just got butterflies in my stomach and and my heart just got all weak and stuff when you said camp <laughs> kitchen setup and. and Oh um, but then you've got that. So the small cleaver is great for even just keeping on your belt um, or in your pocket. Um, it's about a three inch blade. Um, and so it's good. You know, it's good for kind of lighter work. And then you've got that. Um, the larger cleaver is about a four and a half inch length. Um, but I left it pretty hefty in the spine so it can, you know, it'll chop through pretty much anything you need it to chop through. Mm. Um, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Now, this one right here was one that you did um, not very long ago. And you said that this one tested you or it was out of your comfort zone. And why is that? It's, it's shaped a little different. It was, it's just very differently shaped than the handles that I've been, uh, that I have been making. And uh, I'm, I've been kind of, uh, my handle shapes have, have been evolving a little bit to, I think, make them even better. Mm -hmm. um, but this one was one. So I connected with a couple at, or with a family really at rendezvous and they came by and they described the knife and they said, would you be able to, she has a folding knife like this, mm. uh, but she wanted a fixed blade knife. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm sure I can help. You know, I'm sure I could recreate that for you and, you know, make you a fixed blade knife. So they went home, I went home, heard back from them a few weeks later and they sent me pictures and my first, my initial reaction inside was to go, I can't do that. Mm. That's just part of it was just, it was outside my comfort zone, just very different from the style that I've, that I do. Right. right. Um, and so, but I thought, well, let me, I'll draw, you know, I drew it out. He sent me pictures with some measurements. So I drew it all out and they were happy with the drawings. Um, and so I usually, when I take do a special order, I take a 50% deposit up front and then I'll start the order. Um, but with this one, I thought, I, I told him, I told him, let me, let me make sure I can do this first before I take any money from you. Um, so I got it forged out. It wasn't the best shape to finish forged. Um, so I did a little bit of grind. I actually did a little bit of grinding to get it closer to the shape I wanted. Then I took it back and did a little bit more forging to finish out the blade as far as forging it. Once I got it to a good profile, I knew I could finish it, but I, just, yeah. I was getting it to that shape that I was a little uncertain of. So, hmm. um, but it turned out it's, it's a pretty funky style, but it's actually, I mean, it's very comfortable in the hand. Yeah. Uh, she uses it. Her primary use for it was uh, skin and deer. Oh, okay. So it, that does look like, um, with uh with the with the blade going up and it's easy to hold in the hand uh, mm -hmm. that does look like it would uh, be very good for that now these are the ones you say you normally do the small everyday carry right mm -hmm. you make more of these than than any of them and you actually sold a ton of these at rendezvous when people are actually were able to put their hands on them and see oh yeah how much heavier how much better quality they were than the than normal knife you 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 sold I went over and talked to you and you were like, man, I've, I've done really well. And I was like, that's because your product's good. And so you make, you make more of these than, than any, for anything, right? Yeah. So these, uh, these small, they're about a three inch blade. Um, the handle's a little on the small side just to keep the, keep it light. Um, but not so small. You couldn't get a whole hand around it. So that's actually, that's actually what I carry. 
Um, but you can get, you can, uh, for my hand, I can still get my pinky on it if I need to hold it with a full grip. It's a tight, right. it's a tight full grip. Um, I have made a couple where the customer wanted it to be about a half inch longer because they had much bigger hands than me. Mm -hmm. and so I accommodated that, no problem. Um, but it just makes for a great everyday carry. This, this I keep on my belt every day um, and kind of can be just a good general purpose knife. Yeah, show the Razorback. Bro, bro, show the Razorback. This one? Show, show the, no, no, that's the Arkansas butter knife. I want to. I want to know. I don't know what was the inspiration for the Arkansas butter knife here. So this started. I made the first one about right about a year ago. So I made this. Uh, the first one I did. I made it for Caleb Baker. Mm -hmm. um, he said he wanted just a big camp knife. He and said, give us give us a a size on this because I don't I don't know if people can actually get a uh, perspective about how long this thing is. Yeah. It's so. Huge. The blade on this is an, is eight inches, so from where you see the blade start all the way to the point is eight inches, and then the handle is probably another four and a half, maybe five inches. No, uh -oh. got a second buyer. Second Sold. buyer. Sold. That's all. Thank you, Gala. You the man. Yeah, you can see. So here it is in person. I mean, it's. Mm. That's a big knife. That's a big uh, knife. Now that's a knife. Well, that's a knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> I love, that. I love that. That's one of the best uh, things. What? Which one were you wanting to show, Tony? I'm not sure that I've the Razorback. I think it's the. So yeah. stop. Go back up. Right there, the second mostly, one. Mostly black, slightly orange handle. Mostly black, slightly orange. All the way to the left. Up. No. Nope. Well, okay. I suppose that's one right there, isn't it? That one, right? No, back the second one over. One more, right there. Isn't that, that it? No. So that one I called. Um, what did I call that one? I think I called that one the the either the hawk or the falcon. And now I'm forgetting which one I named it. I got it written down somewhere. Uh, cool I'm getting shape. that one confused with the Razorback. Yeah, that's pretty mean. Had the ridge on the back. Looking. So if you'll go, let's see. Click out of that. It's on that top line right there. Oh, go back up. Oh, now it's kind of in the middle. With the blue right. handle? Not with so it's the orange handle next to it. Orange handle next to it. Okay. Right there. Yep. Okay. That's, that's the razorback. So that one right there. Uh I got to show to Tony this weekend. He loved yes. it. Yes. Yes. Huh. It's about a it's about a four and a half inch blade. It's yeah. got a real good contour to the handle of it. I mean, it just mm. it just fits so mm. well in the hand. Uh, uh, uh. That looks like a shank I've seen in some prisons, dude. Um, there. But you that got the one with the patina and a snazberry handle. <laughs> Good grief! <laughs> that one looks yes. very. Oh my goodness! Very, very snazzy. snazzy. This one, this one right here. I want to go back to this one right here. So this is like the. Uh, what do you what do you call the Serbian the, chef's knife? Yes, the Serbian chef's knife. Um, that I love these. The I have used one of these cooking for a ton of people on the go explore trips, and you don't even have to put any pressure behind anything when you cook it. When you cut it, it does it all by itself because this knife is so big and heavy. I love it. It's so yeah. easy. It's the best Absolutely one for chopping it. broccoli. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you, if you need to take somebody's finger off, it, 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 it does watch. It does. I don't know that Joey's seen that skit, that Saturday night live skit. You need to yeah. send it to him after we I get need to. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Michael, he has sent you a right video. On. On awesome. Thanks, Jared. You know, um, I've got a, uh, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, you've also done some other pretty large ones. This is a pretty large one here. Yep. Um, that's, that's, about, that's almost, it's about an eight, it's almost eight, like the Rambo knife. Yeah. That one's a, that's an eight and a half inch blade. I actually have that one sitting right here. Goodness gracious. That's Good a monk. Grief. That's like that's a machete. Beautiful recurve to it. Wow. Now, do you, uh, do you need a license for something that awesome? Or this, uh, if you carry it with you on your body, that is considered a weapon. I just want yeah. to put that out okay. there right now. All if right. you carry it in your hunting truck, you're good. But if you carry it on your body, out in public, that is considered a weapon. You will frowned upon. You'll get stopped by the stupid police all the time. I swear. Um, <laughs> now, what would what would you use something like that for? Is this what it looked like before you started? Is that the same knife? It's very similar. Um, okay. That one's that one's one of I'm actually currently working on right now. Okay. Um, that's a that's kind of a prototype for um, that will look similar to this. Uh, the big difference between these two is going to be that handle. Mm -hmm. So if you'll notice, uh, if you can see this, so that handle is contoured, right? But not not super contoured, right? So if I were to if I were to swing it and swing it and swing it and swing it and swing it, you might you know you might notice that it'll kind of start to ratchet. So you have to regrip mm -hmm. and it'll ratchet and regrip. So with this handle you're looking at right there in that picture, um, that's that's something I've learned recently from Jason Knight and his course, and he calls it the handle that grabs you back. Hmm. Um, and so it's a it's a tight fit. It's a little on the small side, um, and so. Um, but it's a nice tight fit and I can swing that thing a hundred times and it will never move in my hand. Nice. So cool. I like that. Um, there's another, I'm going to ask you too. Uh, do you make your own sheaths? I do. Okay. So this is the sheath you made for, uh, the Serbian, uh, thing. That's, that's beautiful. Thank I love you. that. It is so I cool. Absolutely love that. That's I get the some vegetables. Now the one that I have is Kydex. Mm -hmm. Um I like it because I can uh it's it's I can just I could throw it down anywhere and it's not gonna hurt it. It's not gonna damage it or, or do anything to it. I actually love that because I move it I move it for, into the house and then to the FJ and then into the house and then to the FJ and so it gets moved around a lot. So yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> it it, gets, it goes around everywhere. Uh, I, I think Kai was talking about the Arkansas toothpick, uh, pig, or, or the last one. Oh, pig sticker. About. Yeah, yeah, the pig sticker. So you talking, um, are you talking about this one, Kai? Oh my goodness, that's a good one. Mm. The razor. Now, um, let's see. You, uh, what? Let's see here. I want to ask. Oh, you, I got this right here is looking at you making some of your sheets. Yeah, um, that's uh, we're getting into we're getting into some uh, a pretty good while ago now. So uh, this is the the board that you had your set up on. Mm -hmm. Some of the knives you have and my knife is right there. That yep. one is not available. I just want to put that up. <laughs> um, the rest of them could be. He can make you one like it, but um, there's not going to be any more made like mine because it's one of a kind. 
but anyway it's um uh i like i like how you've uh how you've displayed a lot of your knives this is a great traditional style um just straightforward good hunting knife skinning knife mm -hmm. uh, that you put out there um how many knives do you think you've made now or do you know um i really don't know anymore i i would be surprised if it was less than 150 yeah um i might it may be upwards of 200 wow. so. how far how far have you come since the first knife you've made um a very long way so the first okay. knife the first knife i made um was a railroad spike knife <laughs> I don't think you saw that. What did it say? Uh, yeah, slicing that piece of paper with the ninja emoji. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do that a lot to show how sharp oh, yeah. you are. And I want I want you to yeah. talk about that here in a minute. When you get through talking about this, I want you to talk about your sharpening process. And, and yeah, I lost my train of thought. Was was uh, you were talking about uh, the first knife that you made was a yes. railroad spike. Yeah, so I made a railroad spike knife. And the if you were to look at the like head on at that knife, the bevels looked like this. I mean, just round as could be. And so it wasn't, it wasn't super sharp. And, uh, so yeah, look, it was something similar to that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so that's cut, that's what I very first started with was a few of those until I got my hand on some leaf springs. Yeah. And so, um, I wish I brought it in here with me. So the first knife I made out of high carbon steel out of leaf springs I hammered on that thing for 10 hours and it was wow. so big and ugly. And I, it was the handle. I left it so big. I couldn't even put a handle on it. So I just wrapped it in paracord. <laughs> it hangs, it hangs on the shop wall and it's uh, it reminds me of how far I've come. Yeah. Well, I've done, um, I've done leather work for years and I have my very first wallet that I made. And the reason that I have the very first wallet that I made is because it's good for nothing. Uh, because when I, when I measured everything out, I, I measured like the length of a credit card, you know, and I made two credit card slots, but I didn't allow for the sewing. So you can't fit credit cards in there. And I didn't allow for the sewing on the dollar bill. So you can't even put dollar bills in there. And I'm like this thing, I've worked on this thing for like 25 hours. I hand sewed it. I did all this stuff. And I was like, just a boat anchor. And it's just not even good at that. Um, and so I have that sitting in my shelf too, as a sign of how far I've come because I've made over 150 wallets uh, yeah. over the years and, you know, and all that stuff. And I look at what yeah, I can yeah, do now and what I just do, uh, just, just did Tony a patch. I was pretty, yeah. pretty proud of that. Um, oh, my wife has, has a good question right here. We're going to put this up here on the screen so you can answer this. What is your worst knife injury? Mm. Or making worst injury you've had making enough. Um, hmm. There's there's two that kind of they were they were pretty equal. Um, so the first one. So I have um, I have a belt grinder, and uh, the first belt grinder I ever got was just a one inch by thirty inch belt grinder. It wasn't super powerful, and I you know slipped and put my finger into the belt, and uh, yeah, that's it right there. So. I start as low as 36 grit belts, which is like 
gravel. It's like pavement. It's so coarse. It takes a hat off in a hurry, don't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was, um, I was grinding like this, and so I, I always keep a finger on the back, and it's usually my thumb. While I was going across, you know, working the bevel, and the and the knife slipped, and my thumb just went into the belt, and uh, it took the. Thankfully, it was a it was a dull belt. If it was a sharp belt, I probably would have ended up at the hospital. But Ooh. it uh, it definitely took a couple layers off and slowed me down for a while. The other one is I just burned myself real bad. Yeah. I had, I had a piece of uh, scale on the knife fly off, and so I grip I gripped the hammer right here, and it landed between my hand and the hammer. And as I kind of regripped on that swing, I just pushed it into my skin, and uh, that was pretty mm. nasty. Wow. Mm. Well, so while we're on that subject um, about sharp things and pointy things getting in your skin, um, you you have. When I got my knife in the um, for Christmas, it came in a box. It came with a little note and all this other stuff. It was really nice and personalized. I felt like I felt like it was just a little piece of you. And anyway, um, it was just really cool. Came with instructions on how to clean it. And you said something about the sharpening process. Mm -hmm. And so to, it's not just something that uh, you know you just drag through this little this little V thing. Uh, tell us about your sharpening process and how you get your knife so sharp. Uh, so there's a few ways that I sharpen. So when I first put the, the initial sharpening bevel on, <laughs> what's another one? What's another one, Galen? If you're already down to nine and seven eighths, eight and seven eighths ain't that much worse. Just make sure you do one that don't do anything. Like <laughs> uh, So when I first put a sharpening edge on some of my knives, so like, um, like my everyday carries, I've got, if you can see, there's there's the first mm -hmm. bevel, and then there's a secondary bevel mm -hmm. to its edge. I actually do that on my 1x30 machine, um, and I'll sharpen it there, and then I'll strop it on a belt, and I'll check it through paper to make sure it's 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 sharp all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how, that's how I'll initially put the edge on it. And then if I go back, um, if I were to go back and resharpen it, I have um, a Lansky set, um, and if you're not, or like a Gatco set is another popular brand where it has um, it has these wings that'll clamp on the spine mm -hmm. of the knife here, mm -hmm. and then the wings will stick up here, and mm -hmm. then you've got stones that you've got a you've got a guide rod to set your angle, and so then you can go up, and it's I'll hand sharpen it that way, um, okay. and so and then with like my kitchen knives, I'll uh, I'll actually use my stone. I thought it was right here. I'll actually use this diamond stone. Um, I'll grind the bevels about to the point to almost sharp. Then I'll hand sand the bevels to get them nice and smooth and cleaned up. And then I'll take into my I'll take into my sharpening stone here, so it's uh, fine and then extra fine. And I'll get it to a nice smooth edge. And then I'll sit there and I'll get I'll get it stropped up real good. And uh, I've stopped. I've stopped checking to see if they'll shave hair, because mm -hmm. they've gotten. It got to the point where I've learned how to sharpen them better, and then it just would. It would just cut me rather than actually. <laughs> it was so sharp it just go into my skin. So I thought I'll start using paper and stuff rather than. Yeah. Myself. Yeah, you do that. You do that quite often. That's I like watching your uh, your videos on your Instagram showing you cutting the the paper. So that's. Uh, 
Benji says, can you use concrete to sharpen knives? I mean, you you could, but what if you're stoneless? Uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, you know, uh, I, I I have I have been more than pleased with my knife, and it's probably going to be one of several that I get from you. And awesome. uh, you awesome. know, we have a couple more people that's already saying, and Tony's already mentioned that he's he's got to add one to his collection too. So um, we are huge fans. Love your work. And we really appreciate you um, coming on here and sharing about it and uh, really enjoy spending time with you. I'm really excited about this year, uh, hanging out with you a little bit more now that we yes, uh, know each other in person and uh, pretty excited about that. For sure. For um, sure. I love how you get your son involved in your craft. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, Thank you. Uh, training up the next generation and something that is worthy uh instead of them doing just the normal everyday kid stuff i love that that's yeah. that's pretty cool you take the time to do that Thanks. um i love how you went out of the way to get me my knife for christmas i totally appreciate that um and then we have overland of america is on here uh so appreciate uh i don't know i guess i'm guessing this is bobby that's on here uh bobby i want to take a take a minute and say to everybody mark your calendars september 13th through the 15th of this year uh the coordinates are on the screen so you can save those put that on your calendar for overland of america expo it's going to be super cool and uh we are excited to uh be the the podcast for that expo i'm pretty excited about that so i know I am too. it's gonna be so cool hope to see everybody there but anyway um michael it was it's been a true joy to have you on here and uh, Jay Oklahoma at Mid America Outdoors is where that's going to be. So, anyway, mark your calendars and mark your maps. Um, so, anyway, uh, we wish you nothing but the best. We are going to support you in every way that we possibly can. Um, and um, glad to have you around. Just, awesome. just glad thank to have you here. Really. It's good to be here. Yeah. When, anyway, uh, thank you everybody for being here on the show. We've kind of reached our time limit of what we like to do. On behalf of the Tone A, Tone A, <laughs> myself and Michael, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching uh, the Overland Podcast. We'll be here same bat time, same bat channel next week. Until then, look out for number one. Don't step at number two. We're out. <laughs>